this morning? Oh, a couple of views. Who's ready for God's Word this morning? Awesome. Hey, well, we're going to get straight into prayer. So why don't we bow our eyes and close our, bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you this morning in the midst of all the uh, chaos, chaoticness in my brain. Uh, God, we thank you that you get first place. Lord, we, de- we declare and we remain uh, humble before you, O oh God. Lord, we say that you're sovereign, that you're Lord over all, and we do just give you that place of esteem, that place of reference. Uh, Lord, I thank you for us as a church, God. I pray that today is uh, your words declared, oh God. I pray that uh, that it would be helpful, not just for today, but for the rest of the week ahead. Uh, God, we do honor you, we love you, and we lift your name up in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, church, I remember a couple of years ago when New Zealanders had mass hysteria and they thought that Australia was the promised land. And so a couple of years ago, all of the New Zealanders were traveling over the ditch to try and get the good life. And I remember my family, while the going was good, they would get going. And so they jumped across the ditch as well, expecting that as they moved over to a new country, they would embrace a new life. However, within that statement lay the problem itself. Because though my family went over looking for a new start, a new life, a new journey, uh, they were still met and encountered by the same issues, the same problems, and the same realities which they faced uh, here in New Zealand. In fact, it was for this very reason that we as a family started to live by the saying, same reality, different country. In fact, you can go ahead and add your own language into that because we weren't saved, so uh, it was a lot more colorful than that. Same reality, different country. See, you can struggle with finances here in New Zealand, move a whole completely different location and still encounter those same financial situations. Friend, you can struggle with certain habits, behaviors, change locations, and still end up in the same struggles, habits, and behaviors that you've found yourself in. And friend, the truth is this this morning, we treat a new year as though this new year is going to produce for us some new results. We say things like, new year, new me, new year, new goals, new year, new person, new year, I'm going to try out the gym but never go and just sponsor them for the rest of the year. See, the, the same thing can be said about those things. Same reality, different country, same issues, different hours, same problems, different year, same pressures, new day. Friend, the truth is this this morning, there are people in this room and you haven't even made it into 2023. Why? Because while we're here in the year 2023, almost approaching 2024, there are people whose emotions, whose attentions, whose affections are still stuck in that of the past. Friend, maybe it's because you're living in the missed opportunities of yesterday. Maybe you're living in the regrets of yesterday, the lost friendships and relationships of yesterday, the shattered dreams and hopes and expectations of yesterday. And friend, actually, I want to say that the opposite experiences are true. There are people in this room who you're still living based on the victories of yesterday, the promotions of yesterday, the ambitions and the accolades and the achievements of yesterday. And if you have found yourself in either of those places, then I, friend, I want to encourage you, welcome to the party. You've found yourself in good company this morning. But also, I want to say, friend, that it's to this very thing that God speaks to the people of Israel about. See, here are the people of Israel, they're captives to the Babylonians, unable to move forward into the freedom that God has for them because they were too stuck in the things and the experiences of their past, of their yesterday. Here, the people of Israel, they're facing a tension between uh, unable to move into all that God has for them because they're still stuck in the experiences of their past. See, is this in Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God bless the reading of his word this morning. Friend, that scripture is well known to any Pentecostal, anyone who moves through the prophetic ministry. We love to talk about the new thing. And in fact, I want to title this message. I'm preaching this message, which I've titled Embrace the New. Everyone say Embrace the New. See, I want to remind you this morning, here's the truth. I think we're better at talking about new than we are at taking it on. Friend, we're better at promoting and speaking and wanting new than we are at embracing the new. And friend, if you struggle with that thought this morning that God's doing a new thing, I'm here to remind you that we serve a God of the new. He's the God of new life. He's the God of new creation. He's the God of the new covenant. He's the God of new tongues. He's the God of the new song. He's the God of the new heavens and the new earth. He's the God of new mercies. He's the God of the new. So you've got to know this morning that God is about to do a new thing. God is doing a new thing, and God will do a new thing. See, when we read that text or that passage of Scripture, God isn't talking in the past tense. God's talking in a present context. So you've got to know this morning that God is about to do a new thing. So the question we need to ask ourselves then is, God, if you're doing a new thing, how do we as a people of God embrace the new that you're bringing? Great question. Glad you asked it. I like to say that a lot. Here's what you need to know this morning. In order for you, friend, to embrace the new, it's going to take forgetting the past. You want to say forget the past. Now, let me tell you a bit of a secret. I'm a king. I'm a champion at forgetting things. Uh, I like to forget to take out rubbish. I like to forget important dates like wedding anniversaries and everything else. Now, a certain wife of mine, I'm not going to name names this morning, all right? But she is the queen of remembering. She remembers when I forget to take out the rubbish. She, she remembers when I forget all of those important dates. She's the queen of remembering. And then I turn to her and I say, hun, it's okay. The word of God says forget about it, all right? Forget the past. Let's do a new thing. Here's the truth this morning. Friend, you know that in theory, to forget the past sounds great, but we all know the trouble and the practice that it is in always, uh, that it is when it comes to forgetting about the past. See, did you know this morning that God often says things, calls us to do things, asks us to step into things, and it doesn't always mean it'll be easy, but what it does mean when God speaks is that it's possible. It's possible when God calls you to do something or step into something new. You know, the word forget here is better translated uh, as don't keep talking about, don't keep dwelling in, and don't keep remembering the former things. I wonder this morning, friend, if there are a few things in this year that you don't need to keep talking about, some stories and experiences and groups that you don't need to keep living in, and some things of your past that you don't need to keep dwelling in. Friend, God is doing a new thing. In fact, I love this, Isaiah 43, verse 16 to 17 God says this to the people of Israel prior to that doing a new thing. He says, this is what the Lord says, who you made a way through the seas, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. See, what God is saying to the people of Israel is, people of Israel, you're under captivity to the Babylonians, and now you are hoping that God will show up and do what he had done for you in the past. In the same way he had delivered them before, they, they were a people who were used to retelling, used to talking about, used to dwelling on the story and the experiences of old in their past. And here is God re-emphasizing and retelling them the story of their history. 
God says, I've done great and mighty things. I've led you out of that captivity. I've uh, kept your enemies in that place. And then God in his wisdom said, you know, all those great accolades and achievements that I won for you on your behalf, he goes on to say, forget all of that. Forget those good things, forget the former things, forget the past, forget the way that I've delivered you before, because what I'm about to do is new. It's a new thing. See, the people of Israel had found themselves in this place of limiting the height of God's power and what he could do to the confines of what he had done in the past. They had limited their future and based it on that of their past. Friend, you may be in this room this morning creating limits on your future by that of your past. And if, you're, if you are, friend, then let me again remind you, forget the former things because God is doing a new thing. See, I believe one of the greatest footholds that we can allow the enemy in our life is dwelling on our past. And the reason that the enemy loves to keep us confined to our past is because he's not the one who knows your future. Can I say that again? The enemy doesn't know your future. Only God knows your future. And so what the enemy will try to do is lie to you, put some sprinkles on it, rehash your old stories, and keep you confined to that of the experiences of your past. He'll tell you things and creep up into your ear and say that great achievement you made back then, that's the only great thing you'll ever achieve in your life. He'll say that failed business idea that you that didn't work out in that point of your life, give up on it, it's never going to work. He'll say, God, things like God already forgave you once. Who are you to come back and ask him for forgiveness again? He'll say this. He'll say, you aren't walking with Jesus. In fact, you're going to say yes to him, turn the corner, trip up, and fall back into your old life. Here's the truth this morning, church. Anytime you empower the lie, anytime you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Can I say that again because it preached better than you responded? Anytime, friends, you believe the lie, you empower the liar. See, the enemy will use your past, he'll rehash it, he'll make a spectacle of it, make you believe it, and keep you confined to it. But I'm here to remind you today about something new that God has done. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Friends, you are a new creation in Christ. Do you know what that means this morning? Friend, that means that anytime you revisit the person you used to be, you're now reimagining a person that no longer exists. Let me say it this way, friend. Anytime you dwell on the mistakes and the experiences of the past that are now covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are revisiting something that now no longer exists, get this, in the place of which you left it. Friend, you are a new creation in Christ. See, forgetting the past doesn't mean having amnesia like all of a sudden you're going to wake up one morning and think, who am I? What was my last, what was my last life like? What was my life like? It's not about that. It's not about creating a spiritual amnesia. Friend, forgiving, forgetting the past is about disempowering the story, the weight over your future. Friend, forgetting the past, it doesn't mean that it's not a part of your story. Friend, it just means that you don't have to make it the theme of your story. Just because it was in the last chapter of your life doesn't mean it's the theme of the book of your life. Come on, God's writing a new story. Embrace the new. See, to forget the past is not to allow it to allow your story to hinder you from stepping into the things that God has and wants to do in your life. Friend, if you're going to embrace the new this morning, can I encourage you to forget the past? Second thought is this this morning. In order for you to embrace the new, Friend, it's going to take us getting perspective. Everyone say, get perspective. Now, I heard this story one time. A young couple, they moved into a new neighborhood. And the next morning as they moved into this new house, they were sitting at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, at the table, dining room table. That's the one. And the wife was looking out the window, and she said, husband, look at that. 
He goes, what? She goes, look at the neighbor's washing. She's putting out such muck and filth out on her washing line. Look at her. Can you, can you believe it? She mustn't have been taught how to do washing. And she went on and on, just like any good husband learns. He sat there and he said, yes, dear. Uh, and so this was a daily routine. They would continue to wake up. She'd continue to do the same things until one morning she was absolutely flabbergasted. It's a big word. She was absolutely astounded as this morning, this particular morning, she looked outside her window and she thought, wow, husband, look at that. And he looked at her and he looked outside and she goes, look at her. She must have learned how to do washing because all of a sudden her washing is spotless. It's clean. It looks nice. Everything's pressed and hung out on the line. And then the husband looked at her, deciding that he was going to sleep on the couch for the next two weeks. He said, mustered up the courage to say, well, wife, this morning I woke up. I cleaned our windows, and that's why you can see it better. And you know what? The truth is this, friend, we need perspective. See, when it comes to the things of life, are we looking through it through the muddied windows of our own vision, our own agenda, our own will, our own plans for our life, or are we looking at it through the clarity of what God has called for you and me and purposed us for? Here's the truth this morning. Some of us are out here trying to see the new thing that God's doing through the muddied vision of our own agendas for our life. See, sometimes we look at this word new thing and we think God is telling us that he's giving us new things or the next things. But in fact, I'm here to tell you this morning, we're out here praying, God, would you give me a new job because the job I have, it sucks. The people I work with, they suck. My management, they suck. The customers, they suck. Friends, you've got to ask yourself, and you're that, if you're in that place, why are you still there? But anyway, God's saying, man, I'm not giving you the next thing in the promotion of a new job or a new atmosphere to work in. I'm doing a new thing, but the new thing's going to start in your heart. It's going to start by you changing your character, your behavior, and your attitude towards the job, which I've already given and gifted to you. Friends, some of you are out here saying, God, I've been single, ready to mingle. I've been as lonely as what it feels for eternity, from eternity to eternity. But you know, God's not out here saying, I'm giving you the new thing in a future partner or wife or spouse or whatever it is. God's saying, I'm going to do a new thing, but the new thing's going to happen in the thing which I've already given you, which is prioritizing your relationship with me. Would you learn what it looks like to be in great relationship with me? Would you allow my relationship with you to form you, to shape you, to mold you and transform you into a person who is worthy of being married? See, have you ever noticed this morning that while you're waiting on God to do a new thing by giving us next things, God is always working on a new thing, but he's often doing it in the same thing. Some of us are out here looking for next things, but God's here doing a new thing in the same thing. Friend, God said to the people of Israel, though you're in the desert, though you're in these wastelands, I will provide for you a new thing in the midst of the same thing. A few months ago, I decided I'd go on a random drive. This was just at the end of last year. I've told you guys this story a little, uh, once before. But I was out for a drive, and I decided to go for a drive to the beach. So I was heading to the beach because my wife had my daughter for that morning. She said, go out. I said, all right. I just grabbed the keys, ran outside. Um, and I was driving. I was on the motorway, and I decided that I was heading to the beach. And unfortunately, I took the wrong bypass. Long story short, I ended up walking up the steps of the Auckland Museum by myself. And, you know, as I went through the museum, I started to cry and weep. Firstly, because I was like, Kaylin, only the lonely, where's all your friends? You're, you're old, mate. Get some friends. Uh, but the second reason why I was crying was more profound than that. You know, I started crying because as I started to look at the world through the lens of history, God started to remind me of his sovereignty over it all. Friend, he started to remind me of the things in which he could do and which he was doing. 
And then he, seek, uh, then he spoke to my heart and he said, Kaylin, the reason you're crying is because you've been so caught up in your own little world, caught up on your own little things, caught up in the problems and trouble, troubles and struggles of your own life that you lost perspective. And then God simply invited me back and he said, Kaylin, come get my perspective on earth as it is in heaven. Come get heaven's perspective over your situations. Friend, I'm here to remind you this morning, Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 says this, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Can I remind somebody this morning, God's plan for your life is far greater than the plans you could ever muster up in your own strength. See, I wonder today how many sleepless nights, how many broken hearts, how much disappointment and things and pain we could avoid by first seeking God about his plan for our lives rather than jumping ahead on our own. See, one of the things I love about our text this morning is that prior to God telling the people of Israel that he was about to do a new thing, he labors in the previous chapters about helping the people of Israel to get perspective. You know, I love this. I'm not going to read out all of the chapter for the sake of time. But here's some of the things that God reminds the people of Israel about. And friend, I'm here to remind you about today. Friend, he reminds them of who they are and what he'd called them to do, perspective. He reminds them of who he is, his character, his nature, his sovereignty over it all. He gives them perspective. He reminds them of his position, of his power, of his authority. He gives them perspective. He reminds them, the people of Israel and us today, of the great things of which he had once done and which he could do again. And he makes sure to remind them that he was the one who was about to bring about the new thing. See, God was making it clear and putting it all into perspective for the people of Israel and for us today that the new thing, friend, has nothing to do with your ability. The new thing has nothing to do with your merit. The new thing has nothing to do with your effort, with your excellence, with your striving. He makes it clear that him, by his grace, by his wisdom, in his might and his power, that he was the one who in the midst of it all was the one who would do it. He was the one who was doing it. And he was the one who was about to fulfill it. Friend, this leads us to recognize this this morning. If the keys would join me or the band would join me. In order for us to embrace the new friend, you and I, we need to give up and go after God. See, God is the one who will do the new thing. Friend, that thought alone should bring you any liberty from striving, cease from any work, cease from all of that, and just rest in the finished work of the cross. God is the one who will do the new thing. See, if God himself is doing a new thing, if God himself will make a way in the wilderness, if God himself will make streams in the wasteland, then it's God himself, friend, that you and I need to pursue. And the promise is this, is that as we pursue him, we'll see the new thing that he is doing. Hear me when I say this, the closer we are to God, the clearer the new thing becomes. The closer, friend, that you and I are to God, it is easier to, it becomes to embrace the new. Friend, you'll only ever see the new thing to the extent of that which you're willing to surrender to God. And in this lay the beauty and the power of our text this morning. See, what you've got to understand is this is a beautiful invitation from the heart of God Himself, a loving Father inviting us into closer relationship with Him to come and to see. See, what you've got to understand is this is a beautiful invitation from the heart of God to bring us closer into relationship with Him. He's saying, would you come into the close proximity with me and then you'll see the new thing? Would you come into a deeper abiding relationship with me and then you'll see? 
Would you come into this beautiful thing which I've created you for, this relationship with me, and then you will see the new thing. Friend, here's the encouragement for me from me this morning. Here's the encouragement for every single one of us who are striving. Here's the encouragement for every single one of us who are going through something right now and wanting to embrace the new. Friend, here's my encouragement. Give up. What? Kaylin, you came out here to pastor for all these weeks. They let you grab the microphone for you to come to Pukekohe and tell us to give up. You heard me right, friend. Give up. Give up. Give up chasing after opportunities and opportunities in your own strength. Instead, give it up. Surrender it to God. Go after Him and He'll make the way. Give up, friend, chasing person after person, friendship after friendship, relationship after relationship. Give up. Surrender it to God. Go after Him and He will make the way. I'm here to remind someone this morning, give up trying to climb the ladders of success and promotion. Instead, give that up. Surrender it to God. Go after Him and He will make a way. I'm here to remind somebody this morning, stop pushing open doors that God Himself never opened to you. Instead, give up. Surrender to God. Go after Him and He will open up the doors at the right time. I really sense in my spirit this morning. There's some people in this room who need to be reminded that God is never late. God is always on time and He has perfect timing. Stop pushing open doors that God Himself never opened to you, friend. You'll only ever see the new thing to the extent of that which you're willing to give up and surrender to God as you pursue it. See, what I mean when I say give up is rather rather come to this point of your year, give it over to God, surrender it all to Him, go after Him and He'll make the way. See, I don't mean give up on trying. I don't mean give up on all your goals. I don't mean give up on making an effort because those things in God are good. But what I'm rather saying to you this morning is give it up if it's at the expense of going after God. Give it up if the Lord was never a part of the plans of it. Give it up if it's not drawing you closer into relationship with Him. See, while it's great to have New Year's resolutions, while it's great to have a plan, while it's great to set goals, if God is not in it, then friend, it was never worth doing. No, my prayer for 2023, my prayer for this year has been this. God, make me nothing so that the plans that you have for me could become everything. God, make me and my plans, my will and my agenda nothing so that you could be glorified and exalted in my life. God, I pray today that you would make us as a church, as a people of God, nothing, that we would see you as everything. You know, Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. His will, His ways, His plans, His purposes, His provisions, Him and Him alone. Friend, in order for us to embrace the new, it's gonna take us giving up and going after God. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Let me declare this over you this morning. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. How do we embrace the new this morning? Friend, it's gonna take you forgetting the past, forgetting God's perspective, giving up and going completely after Him. Church, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I'd love to pray for you. I'm gonna pray for two groups of people, those who are on the edge of something new or you're walking through something new. Then I'm gonna give an invitation for those who don't know Jesus this morning. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. Lord, I thank you that as we're on the cuff and on the precipice of a new thing, God, we do truly just declare that prayer. God, make us nothing, that you would become everything in our lives to the glory of God. 
Lord, I pray that any wills or any agendas that we might have mustered up in our strength, God, we lay them down in total surrender to you and we pick up that mantle which you've given us. God, I, I pray this morning across every single person from the front to the back, to the left, to the right. God, I pray fresh plans. I pray fresh vision. God, I pray a fresh fire over every single person this morning. Lord, give us the strength that we need to embrace the new that you're doing, that you are doing in our lives. God, I thank you. And God, wherever we've mustered up or lost perspective of who you are in our lives, remind us again of that which you've called us here. Lord, we honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed. Church, we never like to close.